Hey friends, we hope this message from C3 Fort Worth helps you see Jesus like never before. And if you're in or around Fort Worth, we'd love to meet you on a Sunday or at one of our weekly dinner parties. Hey, we got a special guest preaching our summer in the Psalms today. Uh, Pastor Paul Cole, uh, who also is my father, uh, coming to preach today, my hero. So give it up one more time for Pastor Paul as he comes to preach. Hey, stay there, man, for just uh, uno momento. Just for just a second. Hey, uh, last year, January of last year, I in my daily reading hit a scripture and uh, reading. I was reading the Passion Translation last year, reading New Living Translation this year. Romans fifteen thirteen says, "Now may God, the fountain of hope, everybody say hope, fill you to overflowing." This is Romans fifteen thirteen in the Passion Translation. And uh, man, little knowing this would be a scripture that I would I would read basically every day for the last 18 months. So well since March the 15th last year. Now may God, the fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in Him. And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually, it's a good word, Continually surround your life with his superabundance. Everybody say superabundance. Superabundance. Everybody say superabundance. Until you radiate with hope. Man, I love that. It's a word of God for us. We radiate with hope. This is, we're filled with his superabundance. Just faith in, in this is his. This whole thing's his. Amen. Hey, we're going to read Psalm 24. Everybody stand up with me. Let's get Psalm 24 up there. We're going to read it out loud. And together, summer in the Psalms, uh, the Psalms, the Psalms. How many, how many of us were forced to go to high school? Anybody forced to go to high school? I was forced to go to high school. I had to go to high school. And those same people spelled Psalms with a P. Come on, am I the only one that that's ever like, the P is silent. It's like, why? Like, what's your name? All? It's like, Pastor All? Aster All? Yeah, it's like, yeah, the P is silent. It's like, what's your name? Talisha. With a P? Right? So that's Talisha. No, it's Talisha. So you said, all right, the P is silent. Anyway, okay, that's my little thing, Psalms. Okay, uh, Psalms 24. You guys ready? This is going to be awesome. This is fantastic. It so fits what just happened, right? This, in fact, this is amazing. Here we go. Ready? Go. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all its people belong to him. For he laid the earth's foundation on the seas and built it on the ocean depths. Who may climb the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? Only those whose hands and hearts are pure, 
who do not worship idols and never tell lies to such person next to you and say, okay, we're out. Okay. Okay, here we go. No, don't do that. They will receive the Lord's blessing and have a right relationship with God, their Savior. Such people may seek you and worship in your presence, O God of Jacob. Interlude. Selah. No, it's interlude actually here. Okay, it's a song. Open up ancient gates. Open up ancient doors and let the King of glory enter. Who is the King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, invincible in battle. Open up ancient gates. Open up ancient doors and let the King of glory enter. Who is the King of glory? The Lord of heaven's armies. He is the King of glory. Come on, somebody. The Lord, strong and mighty. Is that awesome? I just get fired up with that whole thing. This is such a great chapter. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Everything. Everything in it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for Psalms 24. Thank you for your love, your grace. We thank you for what's happening here. And we trust you more than anybody else. We trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. As you're seated, turn to somebody and say, you look great today. You just look fantastic. Share just a short thing. That's good. Cool. Well done, Seagrove. Did you guys have a good time in Florida? Came back with a shirt. It's true. So, uh, Psalm 24. This is fantastic. If you, have, if you can, turn to it. You know, if we could, like, uh, between the interludes, like, make the words smaller and just do, the, like, the first two verses, interlude, and the next. I don't know if you can do that. Pastor Brandon could probably do that, but I, you know, not teasing. Psalm 24. So um, this is an amazing chapter in the Bible. And also, speaking of amazing, I thought my wife was amazing. In the 5 by 5 what, a couple weeks ago? You guys killed it. We, uh, all of those watching online right now, you got to see it. And so we welcome you online. We can see you, actually. Dirty T-shirt. That'd be creepy. That'd be creepy. So Psalm 24, uh, oh, so speaking of that, uh, this September 18th, you all are invited to our uh, party because we're going to celebrate being married 50 years. Is that, that's crazy. It's crazy. September the 18th, and now we just have to tell everybody that that's how long we've been married because she would never let me tell anybody. Don't tell them. I get up to speak. Don't say how long. You know, it's like... I mean, Chris, really. I mean, so uh, 50 years, and um, I remember, uh, so uh, Rob Carmen, a friend of mine, just passed away, told me this joke. <laughs> these people have been married 60 years, and they get to the, they get a big dinner, all these people there, and he's down there, and she's down here, and finally, she stands up, 60 years married, and she stands up and raises her glass and a toast to him, and she says, there's my husband down there, you know. What a great man. Been blessed to be married to him. My husband tried and true. Everybody's raised his glass. He goes, and down at the other end, he goes, I can't, I can't hear her. What did she say? What did she say? And she says, here's to my husband, tried and true. He goes, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. What did she say? I don't, here's to my husband, tried and true. 
down at the other end, you raised his glass and said, well, I'm tired of you too. <laughs> so, that's a merry joke. I love that one. The earth is the Lord's. Put that, it's got that, put that scripture back up. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. This ought to be Psalm 118, like it, because Psalm 18 is like the middle of the Bible, right? Everybody knew that? Okay, so, so this should be the middle. Why? Because this right here speaks of covenant, and it speaks of who you and I are and why we're here on the earth. It speaks of identity, purpose, belonging, and what God's intention is for us as mankind. Right there. The earth... The earth is, look at you did, that's awesome. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The earth is the Lord's and he owns it. The earth belongs to God and he owns it. Everything on the earth, in the earth, of the earth, God made it, he owns it. Bam, right there. For he laid the earth's foundation on the seas and built it on the ocean depths. Okay, and then that's the next part. God always ends on a positive. Everything God does starts in the positive and ends in the positive. The earth is the Lord's and he owns it. The earth belongs to God and everything in it is his. So if he began it, He'll end it. If he started in the positive in the garden, it'll end up a garden. Come on, somebody. Watch this. Remember what Pastor Brandon says. He says, you know, if, you, if you're louder, then I'll talk shorter. Which I love. Everybody says, yes. Jesus, listen, even when it comes to death, the negativity for you and I, the pain, the grief, even death as a follower of Christ is a release into his presence. We live right now today eternal life. Right now. We're living the life that we will live forever. Right? So even that. So what he began, he will finish. The Bible says he's the alpha and omega, the beginning and the end. He's the author and the finisher. In fact, when, when we talk about the Garden of Eden... The issue for the Garden of Eden and the issue with Adam and Eve was not just like that they ate a plum. Probably wasn't an apple. It's probably a plum. Garden of Eden was in southern Africa, but that's a whole other story. So it was probably a plum. So, so anyway, but the point is, is that when Eve ate it and Adam like stood there and went, I don't know, whatever you want to do. And, and he, really, I put the whole thing on Adam anyway, so... So Eve ate this thing. Adam, Eve, here's the deal. God, who's, who owns everything? Okay, so if you own something, you possess it. It belongs to you. That's why, like, if you own a car, you can name your car. Right? Right? That's why if you own a boat, you can name the boat. That's why if, you're, if you have children, who names the kids? Do you wait? Go, hey, what do you think a good name would be? Right? You name them. Why? Because that's part of the stewardship and ownership, if you will. And so God says, hey, listen, I own this whole garden, and that tree right there, you can't have. 
So their pushback to God was sort of like a little kid who looks at you and says, I, want, I don't want you to be the parent anymore. Anybody know that one? Okay, how many of you were that one? Right? How many of you were that kid? Oh, yeah, I, I want to make my own decision. I want to do what I want to do. I want to own stuff and not have you run everything. So the issue for Adam and Eve was not that they ate a plum. The issue was that they pushed back in their pride against the, the possession of God, against the, the right of God to do what he desired to do. And so he pushed back, and, and lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life is what started the whole negativity that we live through right now. And it's still the three, three main issues that all of us deal with. I own this. You can't have it. Well, who died and made you God, right? Who, anybody ever heard that phrase? And so what, ha what happened here is God said, I have, th this is my place. You can have all of it. This is not that right there. And we, people, in our pride and arrogance, pushed back on that. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. So we occupy this space as his guest. Except that something happened and he made covenant with you and me and said, John 15, 13, John 15, 15, 16, right in there. Jesus said, he said, I no longer call you servants, but I call you friends. Okay, watch this. So God, through Jesus Christ, made a covenant. I actually go back to Abraham and Noah and all that. But God made a covenant with you and me. And he said, you're no longer just an employee. You're not just here to take care of stuff for me. You're a joint heir with Christ. In other words, you have ownership. With me. He made covenant with us. In the ownership of the earth. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And we're partners with him in the restoration of all things. Yeah. That's who we are. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, he owns it. And you own it too. This is so awesome. Okay, this whole, that whole thing means this. The church of Jesus Christ is not an organization. It's an organism. It's not just a group of people who sat down with rules and regulations and made something up and said, hey, let's start this great organization. It's an organism because it's based on relationship, not rules. It's based on principles of his kingdom, not laws of this earth. So when we talk about looking for a building and all the things we're doing, and, and I just got to tell you, I have total faith and trust in what the leadership's doing. I, I've just watched it go out, and the people that they're navigating it with and the th people that Pastor Brandon's talking to are just top level. I'm like, I mean, frankly, it's unbelievable that the kind of people have come together to help us, just top level people. But I just trust God. You know why? Because the earth is the Lord's, and he owns everything in it. It's not about laws and rules and regulations. 
How many of you used to go to that church? Right? We're, we're in covenant with God. So ultimately, the restoring of the earth that he created, which is the plan he's about right now, we're part of that. We're part of that. In fact, let me do a little sidebar. Let me see. I'll do a sidebar. I'll do it on this side. Just a little sidebar. Just a little, like, little. I, I want to put something in our thinking because, uh, and we talked about stewardship. I think Stevie did a great job up here. And what a great prayer, Mayor. That was prophetic. And, but stewardship, okay? So we think of stewards. Now, here's the issue in our modern definition of that that I want to tweak a little bit. You guys ready for this? Get ready to write this down. Touch somebody near you and say, write this down. Because this is going to change your thinking about what we do, you and I, within the context of he's the owner of everything. Okay? Covenant. Covenant. What's covenant? Covenant is what God did when he, when he says, I make a covenant with you through the blood of Christ. Is he put into process a legally binding agreement. In other words, covenant with him. When he says, uh, if you ask me to forgive you, I'll forgive you. That's a legally binding covenant. He can't go back on that. Now, within that covenant that's legally binding, he made us stewards of the earth. Now, here's the issue in our modern definition of that, is when we think of stewards of the earth, when we think of a steward in the context of our modern culture, we think of somebody who has a job. Like, he's a job, he's a steward, and, like, if he no longer likes the job, he can quit. Sort of how we look at stewarding in our culture today. So let me give you a different word, trustee. We're not just stewards, we're trustees. A trustee, when you look at a legally binding, let's say somebody's last will and testament, and you're the trustee of that estate, that trusteeship is a legally binding position upon which you're not only given authority, but you're bound to what you do with your life. We're not just stewards of the earth, we're trustees. Which means, so, so here's the thing. So when, we're, when you're a trustee, when you're a trustee, I'll do a little thing here. When you're a trustee, you don't have the option of whether or not you care about what happens with the earth. Come on, somebody. You're a trustee. Pollution? Plastic in the ocean? Come on, somebody. Hello? I'm talking real life here. Okay? Dirty freeways, whatever it may be. Whatever's happening that you and I know, you know what? This is jacked up. We shouldn't be doing this. Who's the trustees? The church of Jesus Christ. Of all people on the face of the earth, the people who should be wise trustees should be, the, should be you and me. Come on, somebody. All right? That's, that's the covenant we have. We're trustees, not just stewards of the earth. And I think that changes the way we take care of things. The earth belongs to God. He made everything in it from kumquats to dolphins. Like, have you ever been to Africa and seen giraffes? Like, okay, Mary, okay, have you ever seen a giraffe? Okay, never been there. Okay, don't worry about the Africa part. But let's like, okay, giraffes, why do they exist? Like, what's the point? Where are they in the food chain? They eat leaves. 
I don't know. Nothing kills them. It's like, hey, right? You can't buy giraffe meat. So come here, come on. Why giraffe? Because God goes, hey, I own everything. I'm making a giraffe. This is going to be cool. It's going to be awesome. Have you ever read like an evolution thing and they go, well, giraffes came about, like this guy in 1809, this giraffes came about because everything else was eating the lower leaves. And so they stretched their necks. And over time, their necks got longer. I'm like, what that means is everybody who ever grew up in a large family should have long arms. <laughs> right? It's like, last piece of chicken. Now watch this, watch this. Everything in the earth is his, and he made it, and he owns it. Watch this. And then in the midst of whatever, however long this plan is, for the restoration of all things, in the middle of that, God created you. Out of his dream, watch this, out of his vision, this is what the earth is going to be. And you know what? Bam! I'm making Joel. Bam! Right? I mean, think about this. Bam! There's Hector. This is fantastic. Watch this. God, listen, listen. God has never for one moment regretted placing you on the earth. Come on, somebody. That's, God, is, God, you were planted out of the innermost dream of God alive right now in the face of the earth. And for him to say, no, 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 that guy's jacked up. Not going to hang out with him. For him to do that would, would be to deny his own soul, his own dream, his own heart, because his dream put you here right now. Is that awesome? So now the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, he owns it. I'm in the middle of that covenant, so bam, I'm in. I'm here by his grace. Mercy and his dream and his love. Some of I've heard guys go, ah, I don't know, I don't know. This is not really, I shouldn't be alive right now. I should have lived 100 years ago. I should have lived, you know, like Daniel Boone days. I should have, here's the deal. Okay, this is over on this side, a little sidebar over here. If you, just philosophy, if you had been born 100 years from now or 100 years ago, you wouldn't be you. Okay, maybe that was too much of a sidebar. Okay, over here. If you were born 100 years ago, you wouldn't be you. You'd be somebody else. So you, you're you because you're here now. That makes sense? Okay, good. MIT, I got, a, I got a nod on that one. Right? So here's the deal. So now the fact that you're alive right now, that he begins on a positive and ends on a positive, that the entire plan of God finishes with him restoring the entire earth, right? The fact that that happens and you're in the middle of it means you're in the middle of the most amazing, awesome, powerful, positive plan that's ever been created, and you're in the middle of it. And that's who you are. The earth is the Lord's, and he owns it. So where are things headed? Total restoration. So you know what that fills my heart with? 
Hope. Hope. I've got a future. I've got, I got places I'm going. I've got stuff that's going on. So because we, and, and I have confidence. I've got hope, confidence, vision. Bam, here's where things are going. doesn't matter where I'm at right now. I'm not defined by my context. I'm defined by God. And he said, hey, it's all mine. And I'm restoring everything. So what would you not attempt if you knew that God was going to finish everything in the positive? What is it out of your life that you would not say, hey, I'd like to go after that? If God planted you out of his dream, and Ephesians 2.10 says he put dreams in you, what would you not go after? We don't go after it because the enemy lies to us. The snake always lies. The snake, is li- the snake lied about the plums, and the snake lies about your plans. Gosh, that was good. That was awesome. You see what I did there? It was like, this, and it just happened. The, the snake always lies. Come on, somebody. The snake said, you can't do that. That'll never happen. You're not that kind of person. You didn't grow up in the right family. You didn't go to the right school. This didn't happen. That didn't happen for you. Listen, some of us have a dream about writing a movie. Write the movie. Some of us writing a book. Write the book. Start a business. Do the business. You want to play guitar? Then go play guitar. That's what him did. Right, man? Like, so like yeah, I think I'll play guitar. He's, boom. Play guitar. Go after it. Learn Spanish. Learn French. I don't know. Just start. Right? Go after the target. Like, I can do this. Why? Because the earth is the Lord's. And I'm living in his deal. And I'm in covenant with him. And no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. Hey, go camping on Fridays and Saturdays. Go learn to speak in public. Do better than those who do. I wrote about this guy. This guy is 1760 that... Uh, every morning he would wake up at 5 a.m. and for a half hour he'd review what he wrote the day before. And then from 5.30 to 7.30 in the morning he'd write. And this is longhand, 1700, right? Like pencil, remember those? Pen stuff, paper. And, and he'd write. And he worked on novels. He's writing books, okay? And then at 7.30 he'd go have breakfast with his family. And then at 8 he'd go to the post office where he worked. This guy's in France. And, and oh, by the time he was 60, he did that every day. By the time he was 65 years old, he had written 42 books. Come on. Just start. Just start. If you want to write something, just start. I mean, you text. That's writing. Right? Your context doesn't define you. Your heart does. So every day, do something towards what you, just pick a target. Just go, hey, I want to do that. Because on the way to that, you're probably going to find out something else that makes your heart come alive. And then somebody else, then help somebody else with their thing. The earth is the Lord. He owns it. Okay, second section. The next deal. Because I, here we go. Who may climb the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in a holy place? Only those whose hands and hearts are pure. Who do not worship idols and never tell lies. Next one. This is all in context. Who will receive the Lord's blessing. They have a right relationship with God, their Savior. Such people may seek you and worship in your presence, O God of Jacob. You see this thing right here? O God of Jacob. This is the signal of what this previous thing was all about. 
when it says God of Jacob, he actually means the God of a guy who messed up and I made him the father of a great nation. <laughs> it means a guy who actually ripped off his dad and I made him the father of these amazing guys who started the nation of Israel, okay? It means that this guy who everybody thought, man, this guy's just messed up, he's a loser, he'll never be anything, God of Jacob. It's a word that means a place of refuge, a place of healing, a place of restoration. And so what, what basically this clue is right here, oh God of Jacob, to the previous part is every single person who's been born into a negative world is going to find a place of refuge in Jesus Christ. Because the whole Bible is about Jesus. This whole psalm is, psalm is about Jesus, right? God of Jacob is the clue that points back that says everything is about that. He makes all things right. He makes all things right. I'm just fired up about it. Okay, let's go to the last part. We'll finish up. We'll land it. Well, we may not land it, but at least we'll finish up. Lord God Almighty, who is this King of Glory? Who is this King of Glory? Now, David writes this psalm, and he writes it at a time where the presence of God in the Ark of the Covenant had been for 20 years at some guy's house. Then got moved a little bit. It had been stolen by the Philistines. And then David gets it back. And as the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God, what meant to them the presence of God, as the presence of God came back to Jerusalem, came back to the place where he had a tabernacle and one day his son would build a temple. As the presence of God came back, he just began to rejoice. And then he wrote that first part about you know, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, it's all about him. And then he writes about how there's restoration and the God of Jacob and who can go to this mountaintop? Everybody. All y'all. Come on. Everybody. No one gets left out. Nobody. <laughs> and then that last part, who is this king of glory? Lord, great and mighty. Open up gates. Open up doors. He's basically talking about you and me. Say, hey, open your heart. Hey, open up your heart. Open up your dreams. Open up what has been shut down by what other people have said. Open it up. The things that, I mean, the failures. This went upside down, and this thing didn't go right, and this thing, I didn't navigate that well, and I tipped over, and this open up hey just open up all that fear of failure and death and and the things that have happened and the pain open it up let the king of glory in just open it all up open it all up to his dreams open it up the lord god almighty June 29th, uh, just a couple weeks ago, had a five by five. Uh, I was speaking in Arlington for a friend, and and uh, my wife came and spoke, and, and uh, a, a few others, and they did such a great job. 
It was such a great morning. But I remember Judy working on it, working on it, and working on it all week. And uh, she was working on blessed, and we talked about it quite a bit. And she spoke on being blessed, happy, fortunate, prosperous, to be envied. Blessed, lucky. Blessed. I watched her speak that, and I watched Judy share that with us here at C3 Fort Worth and with those of us at home who are watching online. And because I knew the backstory of what it was to stand here and say, I'm blessed, blessed. What she didn't share, and we've never really shared, and we shared it everybody with friends, and most everybody knows it. January and February of this year, she had real physical discomfort. And uh, that prompted a meeting with the doctor in March, series of scans. I remember the doctor at one point after one of the things said to Judy, she said, uh, you've got something inside your body and it's big and it's ugly. Blessed. And March the 24th, on that afternoon, Wednesday afternoon, about 4.30 in the afternoon, that doctor called after another procedure and said, I don't have good news. You have cancer, uterine cancer. Um, There's two types of cancer there. Doctor was, she was really an amazing woman. She said, but we're going to beat it, Judy. We're going to beat it. remember looking at my wife as she held that phone, and we had it on speaker, and and she said, I don't have good news. The doctor said exactly that. I don't have good news. It's cancer. And I remember watching her expression not change. The faith and the trust she had in, uh, in the word of the Lord. The Lord gave her a scripture during this time. It was Psalm 107. And we would do communion daily. She did communion every day. We had a few friends that prayed we shared. She, and the Lord gave her Psalm 107. It says, then we cried out, Lord, help us, rescue us. And he did. God spoke the words, be healed, and we were healed, delivered from death's door. Verse 21, Psalm 107. So lift your hands and give thanks to God for his marvelous kindness and for his miracles of mercy for those he loves. She was scheduled for surgery on April the 12th. April the 11th, uh, on that Sunday night, we had communion at our home. Uh, Brandon and uh, our children, Brandon and Meredith and Bryce and Niles and Lindsay came. And we did communion together and prayed and trusted God. The earth is the Lord's and he owns everything in it. He began with the positive, he ends with the positive. And though we go through the negative situations of life, his plan for this earth and for us has never changed. We prayed, and that one part is said, so lift your hands and give thanks. And Judy said, I think we need to do that. And we all lifted our hands. It was during that moment, I think his hands were lifted, that she felt uh, she needed to, uh, the next morning, do something as she went into surgery. April the 12th, we met the doctor. I think it was about 7.30 in the morning. We got there at 5.30, something like that. Got all prepped. 
and, and even being having that day available was an, was a miracle because there wasn't time available for a couple of weeks and all of a sudden it came open surgeon was there the equipment all the stuff I mean within three days it just lined up and I want to show you a photo so as she's about to be wheeled into surgery the surgeon says is there any other questions that you have? And Judy said, no, I don't have any other questions, but I need your hand. She grabbed her hands, and Judy reached over and prayed over the surgeon. She said, God, I trust you. I thank you for giving her the skill, what she's about to do. Whatever happens, we trust you. We hadn't seen the CT scans yet. We didn't know if it had gone all through her body. We didn't know where it was. Doctor came back in. So we had, we got everything. We found out an hour after that the CT scans were clear and that she, it hadn't spread. We pulled in the driveway later that day, the same day of the surgery. And Judy turned to me, looked at me, and she said, I have a future. I have a future. It's about 10 days later on a Thursday after, no, it's Thursday morning, about a uh, week and a half later. The office called from the surgeon and said, we just wanted to let you know you have a, you know, they do all these pathology reports and stuff, and we've done all the pathology and done all these things, and we just wanted to let you know you're absolutely, totally cancer-free, and you don't have to do radiation or chemo. Now, everybody stand up with me. Everybody stand up with me. Judy, come on up. Come here. I want to pray over situations. I put my shirt on first, just, just so everybody knows. Okay, I picked it out first. Okay, you told me what to wear. This is true. On June 29th, Judy stood up here and she read this psalm. Psalm 130, verse 7. Here's what it says. Oh, Israel, keep hoping. Keep trusting and keep waiting on the Lord. For he is tender-hearted, kind, and forgiving. That means everybody gets to go up the mountain. Even if he once lied, which we all have. For he is tender-hearted, kind, and forgiving. He has a thousand ways to set you free. Oh, Israel, keep hoping, keep trusting, and keep waiting on the Lord. For he is tenderhearted, kind, and forgiving. He has a thousand ways to get a new building. He has a thousand ways to solve every situation. He has a thousand ways to get you out of your depression. He has a thousand ways to set you free. He has a thousand ways. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The earth belongs to God, and He owns all of it. Come on, somebody. The earth is the Lord's. He owns everything. Everybody raise a hand up with me. It was a point of praise and thankfulness. And we want to, Judy and I just want to agree in prayer over every situation you may be facing. And then we're just going to sing that first song, Lamb and the Lion.
Father, we Judy and I just agree right now with all of our friends here at C3, with everybody watching right now online, everybody watching this video later on. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Everything in it belongs to you, Father. We trust you. We are filled with hope. We trust you about a building. We trust you with our finances. We trust you with the health of our children. We trust you with the ear infections. We trust you with new designs and ideas. Lord, you are a champion. You're an overcomer. You're victorious. You have never failed. Your dream is that we be alive right now. So we lean into you. We lean into you. We lean into you, Father, right now. And we say, glory, holy is the Lord. You're glorious. You are large. You're big. We trust you. The earth is the Lord's. And he owns it all. Who is this king of glory? Who is this king of glory? The Lord God Almighty. Come on, somebody.